Hi, this is Mary H.K. Choi, and you're listening to Hey Cool Life, a micropod about mental health and creativity. This is episode 138, and it is February 9th. Um, yeah, I wanted to check in because obviously it's been a while. I think it's been since May of last year since I updated this, but also because there are, um, changes happening um as people in my immediate life will know and probably anyone who's been keeping up with my writing um my dad's been sick and he died on last monday so the night before um lunar new year and we had his funeral yesterday in Texas. And I just wanted to talk about the way my very particular brain and my very particular body are processing it. Um, specifically, grief. It's this really interesting thing where um, I haven't experienced a lot of death and on one hand you could see that as incredibly statistically fortunate because I'm in my 40s and I've never had to process a death close to me beyond um, a friend who died when I was young and um, two grandmothers both of whom I wasn't particularly close to and and so while that feels really fortuitous and and everything like that it is also sort of like everything on this planet kind of um both great and shitty simultaneously because I'm just like I'm feeling really inexperienced with death while processing like a really you know large one (laughs) like the death of a parent and um not to say that I think that anyone is particularly prepared and that certainly you could argue that my dad had ALS and the decline as um, harrowing and upsetting as it was, it was something that gave me time to sort of really see and witness with my eyes and experience his deterioration. Um, but yeah, so it's just so... <laughs> bizarre and it's so awful and my partner has experienced a lot of death on the other hand he um had a lot of he had this like absurd period in his life when his grandmother who um had a big hand in raising him passed really really quickly of um illness and then there was a truly um just psychologically mangling number of suicides and an OD and a a snowboarding accident and in his life and it was just this several years of just a tremendous amount of loss and grief and so he's he's kind of here as a witness and observing um, the way I'm choosing to process grief and it is he made a comment and he was just like, you know, it's never occurred to me to turn that grief inward 
as much as you do. And it's true, like ever since I heard and ever since it happened, it's like, I remember I was out with friends. It was the first time we'd sort of eaten in a restaurant together in a really long time. And we were celebrating the new year and I didn't have my phone on me. And when I heard it, it had been a few hours. And and when I finally spoke to my brother, the first feeling I had was of deep, deep shame. And that is so interesting. And um, that's never really gone away. And it just is this, it's this like very essential and very primal and very all encompassing feeling of just like my skin crawling and this like discomfort. And the way it feels in my body is that I wish that I would, um, I could press into myself until I burst. And I wanted to, I just want to make the distinction that I don't think this is, um, truly, I don't, do not feel that this is like suicidal ideation or any sort of actual actionable wish to cease to exist. But like that feeling just really hasn't left me in the past week. And, um, every time someone extends an offer of care through a text or a call or anything, it's or a message it's been this like oh my god this like feeling of just like please for the love of god please stop looking at me please stop seeing me and it's so interesting because I think ultimately it's like the most sort of foundational aspect of my eating disorder I think that like the thing that I'm carrying around through this life is that like, I actually just find existence really unbearable and I find taking up space to be unbearable and the mechanical, um, sort of like biological needs that I have are just like so embarrassing. And I think this has a lot to do with, I genuinely think this has a lot to do with my upbringing specific to like my house and the way my parents are. And there's just a lot of Catholic guilt and a lot of like, shame around trying to be exceptional and like you know collectivism culturally of like don't don't make a scene just like keep your head down be a hard worker like that's the way you live your life and like people sort of singling me out as like having a need is just so devastating right now and I'm not (laughs) sending this dispatch into the world to say like, please stop caring for me or anything like that. It's more just like, I'm like, wow, this mechanism is so interesting. And um, yeah, like I think everything to do with like wanting to get smaller, like wanting to eat less, wanting to feel sort of clean and pious and like um, manageable and controlled and like, not too much and like not too effusive and not too overbearing it has to do with like the discomfort of ever 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 having a need or a function that other people can see and it's really really loud and yeah I think it's genuinely because every single feeling is really intolerable And so this grief and the size of it and the overwhelming size of it is also really intolerable. And I've been seeing the way that um, my like 
bulimia and anorexia and dysmorphia manifest behaviorally outside of food and body where it's like I try to save the really nice um, face lotion for when I deserve it or like not too too much and you know I'm like hoarding things until they go rancid or I'm using such a small parsimonious portion that it doesn't make any difference like I'll use like such little amounts of serum that it can't possibly do anything and I just have that about like everything and so that's how it's coming up for me and um the other thing too is that like that same like restrictive behavior and that same addiction to scarcity and like a lot of perfectionism not where it's like you know type a or anything but perfectionism around like how I should be because I truly believe in my heart that like other people are are a specific finite way and I have to like conform to that is that like oh I just like have have this feeling that I'm like processing death wrong you know I'm just like oh you know I'm, I'm late to the game I haven't done this before like I must be doing it in some sort of like freakish broken way and like I share this just to say out loud and and if anyone ever feels this way or or maybe feels this way but doesn't can't identify like some of the mechanisms behind it like I just want to talk about it and um the other thing too is that like I'm constantly obsessed again with this like scarcity and counting and like well, if I've eaten this much, then I need to do this much exercise, or if I've done this, then I have to do this to offset it. And I'm like, I don't know how much I'm allowed to grieve a father that I didn't know very well, who didn't really want to be known by me. And some of that is a language barrier, and some of that is just like patriarchy, and like, honestly, truly, like the tax of patriarchy and the distance it creates with like other people in your life. And Yeah, like, I feel like what's appropriate, you know, like, what is appropriate for missing a person you didn't know very well in life? Like, what is proportionate to grieve? And, like, am I grieving, you know, like, in my mind, I I can grieve, I have to grieve less than my mom, a lot less than my mom, and just a little less than my brother, because my brother lost his father, and and that is significant and it's different for a daughter like I'm just doing all this math and it's so interesting and I think that like the most gentle kind thing is just like let that be and recognize it and just offer myself so much compassion because whatever that is it's just like oh my god it's just so painful and also like the the true fear right for me is that like if I don't know how many points I'm allotted in missing my father then I can't know how big it'll be and I can't know when it will end and that scares me more than anything and it's sort of like I think is this prohibitive 
thing where it's like I'm afraid to start grieving because I, I genuinely don't know how many points or how many moments it'll go on for and I think that that is like the underlying operating system that that governs like how much feeling I'm allowed to meet out and I just needed to hear myself say it out loud so I know what it is and I've been crying a lot and been really startled by like the depth of it and how ragged it is and I've been mourning a lot um I think on the behalf of my inner child and like just who I am at every stage of my life who genuinely missed this father and like missed having like a father raise her and yeah it's it, it occurs to me again like in the spirit of taking up too much space that like I have to end this on a hopeful note and I do think the hopeful note like everything else like again like will always be tinged with sadness and mortality and loss and that hopeful note simply is that like oh my god thank god for therapy and thank god for a program and thank god for eating disorder help and thank god for addiction help because I'm just really sober and aware of what is happening and I think that that awareness is the actual mechanism that will deliver me from this no matter how much mourning there is to do um so that is that is the dispatch and yeah I really really just invite whatever feelings are true for you even if you can't name them and even if they just feel like distilled down to like feelings that you are comfortable with and are familiar to you like just anger or hunger in my case a lot of the time or just like um mania around like time efficiency or whatever that is and just please be gentle with yourself and I really I really love you and thanks for listening